Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome right. to New York. Oh. This is is the Devil's Devil's State of Mind Mind Podcast, Podcast. brought to you by the Hockey Hockey Podcast Podcast Network. Network. Now here's your host, host, Neil Villapiano! Devils fans, it has been a while, but it is your boy, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of the Devils State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. I hope you guys had a very, very happy holiday, a Merry Christmas, a happy Kwanzaa. Um, This is going to actually going to be my final episode for the year 2021. So the next episode, episode 29, will be the first episode in the full calendar year of 2022. But I hope you guys really had a Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, just a Happy Holidays in general. And I hope you have a very safe and Happy New Year's uh, Eve as well. You know, there's obviously with with everything going on with uh, the Omicron variant and things like that, we definitely have to be a little bit more careful. But I hope you guys are continuing to stay safe and you guys are doing very, very well. Thank you guys as always for taking some time out of your day to check these episodes out. I do greatly, greatly appreciate it. This episode and all of them are sponsored by the lovely people at DraftKings Sportsbook. Make sure to use our promo code when you sign up at DraftKings, THPN. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a lot to talk about. Um, Some good and some bad. And as this day was present, because I'm recording this around 9.30 at night, um, on Wednesday, December 29th, um, I didn't know how I was going to be like attitude wise, tone wise. I, I didn't know how I was going to be going into this, but luckily enough, the devils for the first time in nine days had a hockey game to play. And for the first time in about three weeks, which is crazy to think about the New Jersey devils have won a hockey game and it wasn't easy. It was not at all. Um, but as a win, but a win is a win, 
And however you could get them is however you get them. And I think it was important for this team to get a win after being off for nine days, getting a lot of guys back off the COVID list, and just being able to be put in position where you you give yourself the opportunity to win a game, even if it really, really took a lot to get it done. Uh, but we have that. Uh, and also considering that this is going to be the last episode of 2021, um, I thought it would be kind of appropriate to do what I would call my devil's new year resolutions, plural. So I have, what do I have? I have three uh, resolutions that I would love to see the devils uh, actually work at and try to uh, try to solve and go from there. And then unfortunately, um, I was going to do kind of a world junior slash prospect update. But after the news we heard earlier today with the world juniors, um, uh, it's going to change a little bit, but we'll still give an update and everything like that. And we'll give you guys a prospect update overall. So as always, we have a bunch to talk about here on this episode of the Double State of Mind podcast. So let's not waste any more time and get rolling. So let's start with tonight's uh, game against the Buffalo Sabres. Like I said before, it's the first game in nine days, and I'll be very honest with you. I really didn't feel all that excited. Now, maybe it just had to do with the fact that because the Devils were coming in on a six-game losing streak, hadn't won a game in, in three weeks, uh, many of us Devils fans begging for the Devils to make some sort of change coaching, player-wise, whatever the case may be, and also considering what's been happening with COVID-19 and the amount of games that have been postponed and the disappointment of NHL players not going to the Olympics and also obviously the World Juniors being canceled, um, you know, two, three days into it. Uh, there's just been a lot of, you know, negativity. There's been a lot of, you know, bad news, bad news, bad news, and not a lot of good news. So again, I, I didn't know what was going to happen in this game. Uh, I will tell you that I was definitely debating recording this episode earlier in the day because I didn't really know how this game was going to go. And I didn't feel a whole, uh, I didn't feel particularly confident. Yes, we're playing the Buffalo Sabres, but they have, they have the exact same record as we do through 30 games. And considering how bad the Devils had been playing, um, you know, it, it didn't give me a whole lot of confidence and belief, especially because the game is in Buffalo, that, um, that the Devils would, uh, would, would, would prevail. But right away, when this game started, the Devils came out like a house on fire, which is something that we've grown accustomed to seeing in a lot of these games. The Devils come out early on and they look like they want to make a statement right away. And they certainly did because a little less than five minutes into the game, the Devils are on a power play, which we go, okay, we know the Devils power play, which right now is 31st in the league um, at the time of this recording. Um, we know it's bad. But maybe nine days off, we'll get it going a little bit. Well, that certainly seemed to be the case on the first one because Dougie Hamilton, with a nice clapper from the top of the point, he beat the goaltender from the Sabres, and the Devils took the one nothing lead on the power play. Nonetheless, Dougie get his seventh goal of the year, Jack Hughes with just his fourth assist of the season, and Captain Nico Kishir with the secondary assist his 14th. So the Triple H... Uh, guys were able to score that one. So I, I kind of like that. I hope, I wish that Dougie Hamilton was a forward and way so then we could have the triple H line, but uh, no, the three H's were able to uh, set that goal up. And as a result, the devils took the one, nothing lead, but then you go about what seven minutes, almost exactly seven minutes later, 
Uh, the Devils, once again, continuing to pressure the Buffalo Sabres. I would say pretty much that entire period was just in the Buffalo zone. The Devils were just quick to the puck. They were aggressive. They were creating shots after shot after shot. And then there was a situation where the Devils are once again in the zone. Uh, and then you have Jack Hughes passing it back to P.K. Subban in a one-time shot. Goaltender makes the save. Jesper Bratz on that left side on a rebound, waited out the goaltender, and from a sharp angle took a shot to a wide-open net and scored. And the Devils grabbed the 2-0 lead. Jesper Bratt getting his ninth goal of the year. P.K. Subban with his 10th assist of the year, which is really crazy considering how at times he can be very bad defensively. He's actually done pretty well offensively, better than his first two seasons uh, with the Devils, but getting his 10th assist there. And Jack Hughes with his second point of the night, getting his second assist, his fifth of the year. And that is where things stood after the first 20 minutes of action. So you look at that first period and you say to yourself, that was about as good of a first period that we've seen this Devils team play all season long. Shots were 11-3 to in favor of the Devils. So you felt good. You felt really good. I certainly did. Going into the second period of play and saying, okay, we just got to keep this up. We got to keep this up, continuing to score goals and, and really, really, you know, solidify this game and not give the Sabres any, any hope whatsoever. And through the first five minutes of this period, everything that went right in the first went wrong in the first five minutes of that second period. It started with Tage Thompson uh, scoring on a deflection from a shot from uh, just uh, newly acquired Alex Tuck. Uh, and Thompson scored. Tage Thompson is the older brother of Tice Thompson, uh, Devils player. Uh, Tage Thompson scoring. That was his 11th goal of the year from Tuck and Rasmus Dahlin. At just 33 seconds into the second period, it's now 2-1. to one. And I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm sure a lot of Devils fans will agree with me, I definitely felt like the Devils were going to blow this lead, that the Sabres were going to eventually tie the game. Well, a little less than three minutes later, that's exactly what happened. Uh, the Devils were in the offensive zone, being a little bit aggressive. And then um, I believe it was Rasmus Dahlin who kind of flipped the puck up in the air. And all of a sudden, there's Tage Thompson catches it on sides. He's got a breakaway. It was basically a two-on-none at one point. But Thompson just came in, beat Blackwood far side, and tied the game up. At two, Thompson getting his second goal of the night, his 12th of the year. Dahlin getting his second assist of the night, his 14th of the season. But just a little over three minutes into the period, the game is tied at two. And I was dropping so many obscenities. It was crazy. It was absolutely crazy because it was just like, here we go again. We've learned absolutely nothing from the last several weeks that we're just going right back to where we were. And I even said it on Twitter. I said, well, I guess Devils hockey really is back because we've once again conceded a two-goal lead. But the Devils definitely played better uh, the rest of that way. Uh, neither team was able to score. Um, I definitely felt like, though, the Devils were getting back a little bit into the game uh, throughout that second period. But after two periods of play, the score was tied at two goals apiece. The shots were 18-10. to 10 in favor of the Devils in the second period. So in a funny way, the Devils actually, uh, it, it seems like just when the shot's on goal, we're the better team. But again, I've mentioned it before, just because you're out shooting a team doesn't necessarily mean you are out chancing them, that you're not, that you're taking advantage of the opportunities that you were given. The Devils did not do that. And that was very, very frustrating. But you go into the third period, and I'm going to once again be very honest with you guys that I really didn't think that the Devils were going to win. I really didn't. And I think a lot of people can understand that from where we're all coming from. 
it just kind of felt like that uh, this was just going to be another loss and that the Devils were going to once again have to deal with blowing a multiple goal lead, um, especially to a team like Buffalo, who, for lack of a better term, is really not that good. Then again, are we really playing that well either? No, but you kind of get the point. Um, so I went into the third period not feeling all that well. First couple minutes in, uh, the Devils had a couple of good chances, but Buffalo had uh, a good chance here or there as well. And you really did feel like that at some point somebody was going to score. Well, the Devils were the ones that were able to score about four and a half minutes into the second period. Uh, Sharon Govich took a, uh, a shot from almost at the top of the point that didn't fully get to the netminder, but it got to Jack Hughes' stick. And he kind of, without even looking, just backhanded it over the left shoulder of the Sabres goaltender and into the back of the net. And the Devils regained the lead at the 428 mark of the third period. It's now 3-2. to Jack Hughes with his third point of the night, his first goal of the game, his sixth of the year. Sharon Govich got an assist. That was his seventh of the season. And Jesper Bratt getting himself his second point of the night, his first assist of the night, uh, his 17th of the year. But a little over two minutes later, with the Devils continuing to pressure again, just like they did in the first period, you have an opportunity where Ty Smith gets the puck on the far left side, the top of the blue line. He takes a wrist shot, and it ends up in the back of the net, and it was deflected by Yegor Sharangovich, getting himself his fifth of the year, with Ty Smith getting his eighth assist, his first point of the game, and Jesper Pratt with his third point of the game, second assist of the night, his 18th of the year. But most importantly, a little less than seven minutes into the third period, the Devils are back up by two. It's now four to two. And things stayed four to two for the longest time. And it did feel like at times, okay, it looks like the Devils are going to lock this down and they're going to win this game. But the Devils, as you normally have grown accustomed to seeing, don't just, you know, you know, they, they make it exciting. Let's put it that way. Uh, with just about, you know, four and a half minutes to go in this, well, five and a half minutes to go. Ethan Prowl on a rebound from the left side was able to beat Mackenzie Blackwood and scored to get his first National Hockey League goal and also cut the deficit in half to four to three. Victor Olofsson got an assist his 13th of the season and Hissick getting his sixth assist of the year. But you look at it, there's a little bit less than five and a half minutes to go in this one. And it was just one of those situations, again, where you go, they're not really going to blow another two-goal lead in this game, right? They're not going to do this twice in one game. And the Sabres had some chances. Blackwood made a couple of really solid saves. The Sabres eventually pulled the netminder with about 90 seconds to go. But the Sabres really struggled to just kind of control the puck and, and generate much of anything. And eventually the Devils were able to lock it down and hold on for the 4-3 to three victory on the road in Buffalo against the Sabres. And that was definitely a, you know, you, you kind of just like wipe your head and you go, woo, lucky to get out of that one. But the Devils are able to finally break the six-game losing streak, win their first game in three weeks, and have moved to a record of 11-15-5. So it was, a, it, was, it was a victory, a big victory, and the Devils' next game will be on New Year's Eve, less than two days from now, um, at home against the Edmonton Oilers. That game will be at 1 p.m. at the Prudential Center. And we'll see if the Oilers are going to be able to play because there's been a lot of games due to the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, again, ravaging through the country. Um, 
we'll, we'll see if they're going to be able to play this game. I really hope so. Uh, Cause you got dry settle McDavid and those guys coming in. It's going to be a tough matchup for the devils. You look at it, you're playing Edmonton, then the capitals, then Boston in your next three games. So it's going to, it's not going to get uh, much easier, but getting a win nonetheless, regardless of who they played uh, is important. So the devils are able to get off the losing schneid and get themselves back in the win column. And we'll see if they can, uh, if they can use this, the stepping stone to get themselves back going to where they were uh, through the first 15, 16 games or so of the season. So the next thing that I wanted to do is once again, like I mentioned before, this will be the final episode of the year 2021. It's not the final episode of this, of the NA of the devil season or, or of season three, but it's the last episode of the calendar year 2021. And I thought that it was only fitting to do, to do a new year's resolution. But as I mentioned before, I'm actually going to be having a New Year's resolutions, plural. I have three different New Year's resolutions that involve the Devils. These are, I feel like, three of the most important that I would love to see the Devils uh, work on. And every everybody in the Devils organization and fan base certainly would love to see these things happen. So let's get into this. My first one is, and it's probably the most important one, despite winning this game tonight against Buffalo, it's make some type of change. And that means with the coaching staff, with players, you know, whether it be, you know, trading somebody, acquiring somebody, something, lineup rotations, wasn't totally thrilled about the lineups going out tonight, but it is what it is. Uh, And then the last one is kind of a stretchy one, which I doubt the Devils would ever do, but it's a personal statement to fans. And what I mean by that is, I mentioned this before. I've mentioned it several times in the podcast that when uh, Jeff Gordon was still the general manager of the New York Rangers, uh, this was a couple of years ago when the Rangers finally decided to rebuild, as though I called retooling. Um, he sent out a letter to all the Rangers fans that basically said, "Look, this team is uh, this team is going to struggle for a while, but you know, just stick with us, and we'll get back to where we need to be." And look at where they are now. I feel like they, the Devils organization, just from Tom Fitzgerald to Joshua Harris, David Blitzer, needs to do something along the lines of sending a message to the fans that they are committed to this. Uh, some of the comments that we've heard of late, especially like from Tom Fitzgerald before we went on um, the Christmas break, wasn't something that I think a lot of Devils fans wanted to hear. Uh, we obviously took it as, you know, he doesn't, doesn't look like there's going to be any changes anytime soon. Um, but it, it would just be nice for the organization to do something to make us feel like that our voice is being heard. Because right now it, it doesn't feel like our voice is being heard. It doesn't feel like the team is doing all that it can to try to solve these issues. But again, you know, we did win tonight. And maybe a win like this could elevate us to getting back to where we were early in the season. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to be somewhat optimistic, somewhat realistic and things like that. But again, the main idea of this first resolution is make some type of change because right now what we have, it's not working. We're 11, we're 11, 15 and five right now through 31 games. There's still 50, what there's still 51 games to go in the season. A lot you still have a lot of opportunities to make changes that are going to better this team. And again, speaking from what Tom Fitzgerald said at the end of last season, if he wants this team to having meaningful games in March and April, he's got to do something to get this team rolling here. And so does Lindy Ruff. These guys got to get them going. And hopefully a win like tonight 
could do that. But that would be my first resolution, make some type of change. Now, the next one that I have is one that uh, it's funny to talk about now because the Devils scored on the power play tonight. Um, but the Devils need to get their power play fixed. And I'm not saying that they have to score every freaking time. But when you've scored, what, like four goals in the last some, you know, 10 plus games, I know they've scored now, what, three goals in the last three games. So clearly the power play has improved a little bit. But you need to get this power play to be more dangerous. You need to get more pucks to the net. After 31 games, the Devils now have a power play percentage of 13.1%. That is second worst in the National Hockey League in front of the Montreal Canadiens, who are at exactly 12%. That's worse than teams like the Arizona Coyotes, uh, the Buffalo Sabres, who we just beat. The Sabres actually have a top, like, top 20 power play, which is crazy. Um, and also a team like the New York Islanders as well. It's unacceptable that with the talent that we have, that our power play is as bad as it is. And that may go back to, again, making some type of change. But the power play has been better of late. And I hope that it's continuing to go in the right direction. Um, and the biggest thing for me, that the two biggest things are stop being so passive, meaning don't pass the puck so much, because I feel like we just pass it so much that we overthink it and we don't take enough shots to the net. And just put pucks in the net. Good things happen when you put the puck on the net. That's that, it's a simple, it's a simple thing, and that's what I'm asking for. So really, the power play must be fixed. This is the second, and you can make an argument in some cases, the most important thing that needs to be fixed. You need to start creating opportunities on special teams because we've also given up an absurd amount of shorthanded goals, and we need to get this fixed if we're going to have any shot of winning games and getting ourselves on a winning streak to get us back into some form of contention. So that is my second New Year's resolution for this team. Get the power play fixed. Let's get it going. Three goals in the last three games. Let's keep it up. Let's take advantage of the opportunities when they're given to us. Don't be so passive. Be more aggressive. Put pucks in it. Just get people in front. The way that Dougie Hamilton scored tonight, good pass. He took a one-time shot, did not hesitate, and yet Nate Bastion standing in front of that screening. Do more of that, and you're going to find a way to score more power play goals. But you got to get pucks to the net. That is the biggest thing. So the second New Year's resolution is to get the power play fixed. Now, the third New Year's resolution is one that is hard for me to talk about because I am you know, a former goaltender, uh, you know, I've obviously been a Martin Berner fan my whole life. And maybe I take it for granted sometimes when the goaltending is not up to par because we had Martin Berner for so long, but the goaltending situation needs to be solidified. Um, it, it's really frustrating to see how many different goaltenders we keep putting in there because we struggle to have guys stay healthy or some guys just decide to retire before the season starts, you know, or whatever the case may be. Since 2014-15, uh, which, um, which was just after Martin Brodeur retired, so it was the year after Martin Brodeur retired, the Devils have had a total of 15 different goalies play at least one game with this team and one goalie that retired before ever suiting up in a game, Corey Crawford. So if Crawford had played at least one game, he would have been the 16th different goaltender for this team um, since 2014-15. The Devils have already had six different goalies play a game just this season, and we're only 31 games into it. 
Corey Schneider and Mackenzie Blackwood are the only two goaltenders of the 15 that have played at least a few seasons in a row with the Devils. You can make an argument for Keith Kincaid, but I don't. Um, but Schneider and Blackwood are the two most consistent guys you can say that the Devils have had behind the net, and Schneider being the biggest example of that. Um, it's not good. Uh, and I know some of it is not the organization's fault. You know, bad things happen. You can't, you can't, ex you, you can't prepare for a guy to retire in the middle of the season. You know, injuries do happen and things like that, but it, it's up to this organization to find a legit backup goaltender to help out Blackwood. I'm not, you know, there are times where I'm skeptical of Mackenzie Blackwood. He gives up goals that he shouldn't, but there's also times where Blackwood has very little help and there's only so much that he can do. And there's only so much most goaltenders can do. So to me, you have to find a way to get some, some foundation here to get something solidified with, the goaltending situation, you know, Jonathan Bernier is probably out the rest of the season. I think that's been pretty much confirmed at this point. Uh, John Gillies, uh, he's, he's not much. And then you got a guy like Akira Schmidt. And then you also got um, Nico Dawes as well. Um, and those guys, you know, look, Dawes is out until after Chris, you know, and until probably, you know, the new year, 2022. And Schmidt is just not ready right now. And neither is Nico Dawes, in, in all honesty. I know he got his first NHL win. But again, the next game when he played against Calgary, he, he wasn't playing all that well. So again, the Devils may have to want, may have to go into the, at the trade deadline, depending on where they were, or into the offseason and have to get somebody in here that's going to be able to, you know, be stable, not get these weird injuries. I mean, with Jonathan Bernier, it might be a situation where he may retire next year because of this. Lindy Rubb said he worried about the long-term effects of this injury that Bernier suffered a few weeks ago. So right then and there, you know, it's something. And, and look, I'm not saying you go out and you try to go get you know, freaking Marc-Andre Fleury or Tuka Rask or somebody like that. But you got to find somebody, either via trade or free agency, that you can be, you can get here and you feel confident enough and can stay consistent because we can't allow Blackwood once again to play three quarters of the games because it's just not going to work out. It's just not going to. I think most likely Blackwood gets the nod on Friday against Edmonton, but there's going to be times when we play Washington or Boston where – uh, Akira Schmidt is probably going to have to play unless John Gillies is healthy. And the only reason Schmidt's still here right now is because Gillies is on the COVID list, which is unfortunate. But really as a whole, when I read you that, 15 different goaltenders since 1450, that's not even 10 years. We must be almost near the top of the most goaltenders played for this team in the last six, seven years. That is just showing you that this needs to be solidified that we need to get that 1A and 1B. If we're going to have any chance to eventually become a Stanley Cup contender, we have to get a 1A, 1B. That's how the game is played nowadays. You have to do that. Blackwood's our number one, but we have to get somebody here as number two. And just Dawes and Schmid are just not ready yet. But the question is, you know, when are they going to be ready? I don't know. But right now, they're not it. And if you don't feel confident enough in, you know, with them playing next year, then you have to find somebody else. You have to. So, yeah, the third New Year's resolution is that the goaltending needs to be solidified in some capacity. 
I don't know when, I don't know how, but it's got to be solidified. So with that being said, those are my New Year's resolutions for the New Jersey Devils. Again, the first one is make some type of change, coaching staff, players, whatever. Second one is power play must be fixed. And the third one that I just mentioned, the goaltending needs to be solidified. So let me know um, on Twitter at Devil State, also on Instagram at Devil State of Mind. If you guys have any New Year's resolutions for this team, anything you agree with, disagree with, we'd love to hear from you guys. Um, your opinion matters to me 100%. Hockey fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that'll make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. The NHL got rid of ties in 2005, thank the Lord, so you know someone is going to light the lamp. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prices all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So the last thing I want to talk about here on this edition of the Devil's State of My Podcast is a World Juniors slash prospect update. I do this every now and then. Uh, especially when, um, you know, there, there's some important things to talk about with our prospects, because I think it's always important for you guys to know what's going down on the farm and everything like that. Uh, just right away with the Utica Comets, they just had a lot of games postponed. Um, their next game, is, at least on schedule, should be this Friday. Um, but again, with COVID becoming an issue and, and players not being able to be healthy enough, it's uh, it, it's put the it's put the AHL and the Utica Comets in a rough spot. So we shall see uh, if things can get solidified and the Utica Comets can start, uh, you know, playing some more games. They've been continuing to play well, even with the injuries that they've suffered and, and COVID in their situation as well. Um, but they, they definitely need to get something going there. So that's a quick update with the Utica Comets. Now, on to the World Juniors. I was going to, like I said, I was going to give you guys just an update with the, the four guys that we have playing in the World Juniors, but um, I wanted to start with the news that we've all gotten by this point, and that is that earlier today, the International Ice Hockey Federation, the IIHF, uh, announced that they are going to be canceling the remainder of the 2022 World Juniors, um, and this is mainly because of COVID, um, positive COVID cases uh, with several teams. Uh, it started with the U.S. Uh, yesterday, um, and then also we had a situation with Czechia as well, or Czechoslovakia, but they like to be called Czechia now. Just want you guys to know that. Um, Finland as well also had to bag out of their game, I believe. I believe it was Finland. It was one of the two. I, I have to go back and, and check, but several teams um, couldn't play a game, and as a result, which is one of the stupidest rules I've ever seen. If you have a positive case, even just one, and you can't play the game, you automatically forfeit that game. So several teams, including the U.S., have already lost the game in the 
World Junior Championships, even though they didn't play. That is the rules. So that's a really dumb decision by the IIHF. But they made the decision today um, with two games still possible that, that was possibly going to be played. And I was actually going to do a live watch along with my good friend Isha uh, for the Canada game uh, 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 tonight. Um, the IIHF decided to uh, basically cut it all off. And uh, they did speak, the IIHF president did speak about the possibility within a month they're going to talk about, you know, if they're going to be able to continue it at some point uh, later on. But as of right now, all these kids, these young kids who, who, uh, who dreamed about playing in this tournament and know how big it is uh, are, are unfortunately not going to be able to uh, continue to play. So it's very, very unfortunate. I saw a picture of Alexander Holtz with some of his teammates from Sweden. They were devastated. Uh, the whole German German team who was going to be playing tonight, um, they ended up, you know, they were taking pictures on the ice. They were devastated, absolutely devastated that this was um, the situation that we're in. And, and yeah, I, I do feel very bad. I feel very bad for these kids that, uh, you know, they followed all the rules. They, you know, they got vaccinated. They skipped Christmas and to be around their loved ones uh, to do this. They did a lot of selfless things. And in the end, uh, they don't get an opportunity to play in the World Juniors. They, th there was a couple games played, but that was about it. We were into what the second? No, we were like to the third day um, of this, and we just, uh, yeah, we, we, you know, it, it just never really got going. But one of the things that aggravates me about this is number one, the I IIHF decided to completely cancel before it even started the under eighteen women's tournament, World Juniors because they were concerned about COVID and the safety and everything like that. But then they immediately say, well, the under 20 men's world juniors is still going to go on as, as planned. Do I consider that sexist? Um, yes. Do I consider it just because of financial reasons as well? Yes. Um, it, it's, it's, un, it's, it's ridiculous. If you should be all in with everything or none of it at all. It shouldn't have been one or the other. At least if you had canceled the World Juniors before it ever got close to starting, people can understand. But the fact that we allowed this to happen, no, we, the fact that the IIHF allowed this to happen, to play these games, have these outbreaks, and then cancel it midway through, not even midway through, is ridiculous. And so my, my heart goes out to all those young kids. Some of them, you know, I look at a guy like Holtz, and I look at a guy like um, Shakir uh, Mukamadulin. Both of them are not going to be eligible next year to play in the World Juniors. They're going to be too old. So this was their last hurrah playing in this tournament. And uh, that's got to be very frustrating for them that they're not going to be able to get the chance to do this again. And there's a lot of other players that are not going to be getting an opportunity to play in this tournament again. And it's, uh, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for a lot of young hockey players to represent their country. It's 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 really an important thing. And it's just an absolute shame that it, uh, it had to end this way. And I'm really upset with the IIHF. They screwed up five or six times through the last couple of weeks. And they have honestly nobody to blame but themselves for this. And we'll see if they're going to be able to redeem themselves moving forward. But I will end that little portion of it with this. I firmly believe that all of those kids, all of those kids should be given the opportunity to be the guys that go over to Beijing to play in the Olympics. I really do think that because right now we know the NHL players are not going there. Most likely we're going to get college kids and 
you know, NHL players that are not signed by any teams and AHL players, uh, they're going to go over there. And I firmly believe that these kids, uh, you need to have kids like this to fill out that roster. So I would like to see a lot of these young kids who didn't get a chance to play in the World Juniors get an opportunity to play in something even greater and even more meaningful in the Olympics. And I know it's dangerous because of the fact of the Omicron variant and how things are and, and how strict the rules are going to be over with the Olympics. And we still don't know if the Olympics is going to be fully on because we've heard rumors about them maybe moving it to 2023. But I just think that it would be the right thing to do for these kids. And I also firmly believe that you need to write an informal apology to the women of the under 18 players that didn't get an opportunity to play at all because they were sitting on their, on their, on their butts, on their couches, watching the men play but they didn't get to play at all. They, they just completely didn't get to play at all. And you need to apologize to them as well. So the IIHF has a lot to get fixed. And uh, we'll see what happens over the next couple of, uh, couple of weeks to see what ends up being the case. But as of right now, the 2022 World Juniors is not going to be continuing. And uh, we'll see if they decide to uh, try to you know, continue this at some point later on this year. But I did wanted to give you guys an update. So let me give you an update on the four guys that are represented by the Devils uh, that were playing at the World Juniors. The first one is Alexander Holtz. He played in two games, scoring a goal and an assist, two points, and at nine shots on goal. Uh, Sweden, going into their next game, which would have been tonight, Wednesday at 9.30 p.m., would have started about a half hour ago, uh, is 2-0-0. So Sweden was off and rolling, and Alexander Holtz was has been really, really good, uh, not surprisingly at all. Really impressed by Jesper Wallstedt, the goaltender that was taken in the first round by the Minnesota Wild, and I was banging my hand, my fist on the table when he kept dropping in the first round that the Devils should have traded up to get him, and they would not have had to go very far, but I digress. He made something like 50 saves pretty close to it in the last game that Sweden played, He's phenomenal. He's going to be a stud goaltender for a long time. And the Wild are very, very fortunate and very lucky that they got the opportunity to take him. Um, but Alexander Holtz was really doing well. And it's unfortunate that he's going to have to uh, stop, but he'll go back to uh, Utica and try to help out the Comets. So at least the Comets get a little bit, get a lot of scoring back in their lineup. Uh, speaking of goaltending, uh, we did have one goaltender, Jakob Malik. Uh, who was playing for Czechia. I believe he was dra he was drafted last year in this past draft, 2021, I believe in the fifth or sixth round. Um, and he played in one game and really, really struggled. Um, he gave up six goals, uh, made 30 saves, though. Uh, and Czechia did lose that game. I believe it was to Canada. Um, and Czechia will finish the World Juniors with a record of 0-1-1. Their next game was forfeited by Czechia uh, due to COVID cases. They were the first of two games that got uh, forfeited today because of COVID cases. So Jakob Malik didn't play a whole lot. He's still been very, very solid watching him play over in Europe a little bit. I've actually had the chance to speak with him uh, on social media a little bit. He's actually a really nice guy um, and very much looking forward to seeing what he can continue to do and continue to grow as a goaltender. But uh, that was his short little time playing in the World Juniors as well. Maybe he'll get another opportunity down the road. Now, with Shakir Mukamadulin, I know I keep saying uh, left and right. I have people who are telling me differently all the time, so I'm going to keep saying both until someone tells me cor you know, correctly. I don't mean to sound ignorant, but it's just very frustrating that some people say Mukamadulin or Muk Muka 
Mukamadulin. It's it's crazy the amount of times. But Shakir, uh, two games he played, he didn't score a goal or got an assist, and he had a plus minus of minus two. Russia was one one and zero. Oh. Their next game was against Slovakia, but they had to forfeit their game because of a positive test within their team. So Shakir. That will be the end of his time playing in the World Juniors, and I'm sure he's crushed as well, being one of the more veteran players in uh, for Team Russia. But, you know, that's uh, that's his stat line. And the last guy is Luke Hughes. And Luke Hughes played in one game. He played in the only game that USA played. No goals, no assists, no points, plus minus of minus one. USA was 1-1 one, one and 0 oh going into their next game, which would have been again today. Uh, against Sweden, against Alexander Holtz. So that would have been a fun matchup to see Luke Hughes versus Alexander Holtz. But again, the, um, the USA, they had to forfeit their previous game against Switzerland due to COVID cases, and they never even got the chance to see if they could play uh, tonight. I doubt that they would have been able to play. That's just the way I look at it. But those, ladies and gentlemen, are how the four Devils prospects did in the short time they played in the 2002 World Juniors. Now, there are three other prospects that the Devils have that have really, really done tremendous this year and have caught my attention. The first guy is one that we've talked about before, but it's really lighting it up this year. And that is Arseny Gritsyuk, who is a left winger for Avangard Umsk in the KHL, uh, the defending Gargarian Cup champion Avangard Umsk. In 35 games so far this year, playing for Avangard. Uh, Gritsyuk has scored 15 goals while tallying 10 assists. That is good for 25 points on the season. He is signed with Omsk through next season. So he will not be able to sign an entry-level deal unless there's some type of deal that the Devils can make. But I'm sure the Devils are going to try everything they can to get this kid signed because he has a dangerous shot, tremendous speed, and a guy that has the potential to be a really dangerous top six forward when if and when he does come over to New Jersey. And I do hope the Devils get an opportunity to sign him. But uh, we'll see what it is. And he was drafted in the fifth round of the 2019 NHL draft. So that was the last draft that uh, Ray Shiro did before he was fired. Uh, but I'm sure with Fitzgerald, he's keeping a close eye on Gritsyuk and doing what he can to try to see if we can get him signed um, in the future. The next guy is Samu Salmanen, who the Devils drafted in the third round of this past year's draft from Finland. He is a center, also a left winger for Jokerit, the under-20 team in Finland. In 27 games so far this season, Salmanen has scored 14 goals, adding 16 assists for 30 points, playing very, very well. Um, he obviously has some time to sign his entry-level deal. Uh, we'll see what the Devils side do, but I'm sure that they've noticed him and they've seen the type of damage that he's done again it's the under 20 team but still he's playing at a high level and doing very very well for a young kid like him and we'll see what happens he was one of the last guys that got cut uh before the world junior so he almost made finland's team uh for the world junior so he would have been the fifth guy uh there i don't i think gritsyuk uh was a little bit too old to play in the world junior so i think he he wouldn't have been able to play for russia anyway but uh Salmanen almost made it but he's been doing very very well for Jokic, the under-20 team uh, in Finland, and we'll see if he can continue to play this well and continue to gain uh, attention because it's certainly something you love to see as a Devils fan. And the last guy is Chase Stillman, the Devils' other first-round pick this past year, 29th overall, a guy that 
A lot of Devils fans were somewhat critical of for us taking. Uh, he's a right winger playing for the Sudbury Wolves of the OHL. In 19 games so far this year, Stillman has scored nine goals, adding seven assists for 16 points. Uh, he was one of the few guys that has already signed his entry-level deal. He signed it earlier this year. So those are three prospects that the Devils uh, have in their system that have really, really been playing well this year. There's some other guys out there, I'm sure, 100%, but those are some of the main guys. And that's really all I got for the World Junior slash prospect update. And again, um, I really, really am disappointed with the way the IIHF handled the World Juniors for the men. Uh, what they, you know, the hit, the, you know, how hypocritical they were with the women and the other 18 teams. Um, and I want to see them make it right in one way or another. I don't know what exactly they have to do, but they got to make it right somehow. So that, that's really what that is. And I really, really hope that uh, everything works out in the end um, moving forward.